welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. It's a real pleasure to come your way every time that we get together to bring you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We've had a few programs over the last couple of months uh, dealing with finance, dealing with money, dealing with wealth, but also dealing with because I think these are separate elements, and my guest will help us to talk about these, prosperity and abundance. Uh, there's there's a lot of um, leeway, if you will. The gate is wide open when defining those two words, and maybe even wealth for that matter, because it's not just uh, how much you have in your bank account. Uh, a lot of times, and it's not your assets, either, not your liquid assets or anything like that, or your stocks or bonds. It's it's more than that. And we'll find out more about that as we talk with our very special guest who is returning to this program. Uh, he has shared with us the seven-figure life and the seven-figure expert. <clears throat> and um, he is uh, Dr. Dr. Noah St. John. He's the author of The Seven-Figure Expert, The Seven-Figure Life. Uh, he is also known as the father of of affirmations and i think i have that pronounced correctly i sometimes they'll throw an extra word or letter or change that around to mean something else that's right as well as the mental health coach to the stars he's the author of 20 oh boy i've got to get busy uh uh, uh noah uh, and start reading some of these 24 books including the new one of course which is the seven figure expert your ultimate guide to life to a life i should say of more impact, influence, and financial freedom. And you can get a free copy, folks. We're going to be linked to this website. You can go to seven, the number seven, figureexpertbook.com. That's the number seven, figureexpertbook.com. And uh, you work with uh, Hollywood celebrities, uh, eight-figure company CEOs. Uh, gee, I wonder how they got eight figures. Um, and, and I wonder what it is that Justify does. That's another, I think that's probably another subject for another program. Uh, he's uh, And also the professional athletes, uh, famous for helping people make more in just 12 weeks than uh, they would make in, uh, they've made in the last 12 months while winning their, winning their lives back. Think about that. Think about how trapped you are. My father, Noah, he said to me many, many years, I've been in this business 44 years, so it's a long time ago that he said this, <clears throat> find a job you love doing because you're going to be doing it for a long time. Now, he added the suffix, don't get stuck like me. Now, when he said that, he was working for a printing company that back then printed checks. By the way, I loved the smell of the ink on his jacket when he would come home from work. Uh, and then I got that windbreaker a few years later when I was in my teens. Uh, but he didn't stay stuck though. In the seventies, he went to junior college. He told us in an interview that I interviewed both my parents. He says, yeah, I, 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 uh, I entered into a, a junior college at Phoenix college, a two year program that took me six years because I was working eight to five, you know, <laughs> and uh, got his computer programming degree and then went on to do other things because computers intrigued him. Is that one of the first elements in terms of this whole becoming a, a seven figure expert, as well as living a seven figure life that we need to take a look at? And this kind of goes into our our genre, our realm here on Tell Me Your Story about giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true and looking for those new ways of living. And my understanding is that the young people of today, they don't give a rip about a career right now. They, they really don't about staying somewhere. I've been in this business for 44 years. I've been here at this particular station in Santa Barbara, starting part-time for over 17 years. The second longest stint was a Christian station I worked for for 15 years. So right there, there's two. Th what is that? I'm not going to do the math. Anyway, talk to us a little bit. Let's start there with this whole conversation, because to me, that seems to be sort of the focal point for a lot of folks. And I think in a good way, I think that the the pandemic, the, the COVID virus and all of that we went through actually brought that to the service, not just surface, not just for the young people. But for for adults of all ages, even those who are retired. 
Absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right, Richard. You know, there's an old saying that I'm sure most of your listeners have heard, which is, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And that was actually written by Charles Dickens, who, ironically, he and I share the same birthday, February 7th. He was born 155 years before me. So I'm a big Dickens fan. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what these last few years really have represented for millions and millions of people all around the world. You know, these last few years have been, unfortunately, the worst of times. But, you know, for me, my family and for my clients, um, it's actually been the best of times. And there are many reasons for that. One of the reasons is because of, of course, what I teach, uh, you know, as you mentioned in my books, um, you know, this is the new book called The Seven Figure Expert. And, um, you know, we have this is the companion book to the seven figure life, which is what we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to be back on the show to talk about seven figure expert book. And again, as you mentioned, you know, the, your uh, listeners can get that book for free, sevenfigureexpertbook.com. But basically what I teach and have been teaching for over 20 years now is what I call my seven figure expert formula. And it's really how anybody uh, can really take what I what I give you in the book and, you know, the strategies and the tips and the and the, the templates that I give you to really build a multiple six or seven, or we've even had many clients go to that eight figure level. So it really is possible. Um, And I argue that it's uh, easier and harder than it ever was. And what I mean by that, and I know it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but here's what I mean by that. When I started my company, successclinic.com, it was uh, 1997 And I was living in a 300 square foot basement apartment in Hadley, Massachusetts. And uh, I had $800 to my name and a book on HTML. So I had nothing. I had no money, no marketing, sales, business experience. Uh, I didn't know anything about, you know, running a business, certainly not an online business. If you can remember being online in the 90s, if you remember that, you know, like that was in the days of, you know, you've got mail and the, (laughs) you know, so it was, it was. It was, let's just say, rudimentary. You know, it's kind of like trying to build a house with a rock and some sticks, you know, so we didn't have anything. But, you know, all I had was a dream. I really just had a dream and a deep burning desire to to help people, to make a difference and to, as Steve Jobs put it, to, to put a dent in the universe, you know, to really help people make an impact. And I know that, you know, all of your listeners, I'm sure, have that same feeling. You know, most of the people listening to this program, you know, you want to help people, you want to make a difference, you want to have an impact, but you also want to have that freedom, right? You want to have that time freedom, that financial freedom, that location freedom, so that you can really work from anywhere. You know, you can work from home, you can work from the beach, you can work from the mountains, I mean, whatever. Um, and that's what's really nice about the tools that we have today. You know, and that's why I was saying a moment ago that it's easier because, of course, the tools that we have today are so much easier than when I started 26 years ago. However, that's the good news and the bad news because it's good news because, of course, it is so much easier. But it's the bad news is because it is so easy. You know, everybody's doing it. So it seems. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it is harder than ever. And that is true. It's harder than ever to stand out from the crowd. You know, when I started 26 years ago. I mean, I just happened to start, and I didn't even know I was doing this, but I happened to start the very first online business and personal growth company on the internet. I mean, I was, if not the first, certainly one of the very, very first ones way back Mm -hmm. then. Well, now, of course, there's 10 trillion, gajillion, you know, (laughs) websites uh, of doing everything. So it is harder to stand out. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why when you use my seven figure expert formula, it makes your job so much easier. Is... Is the seven figures, even though I know that's part of the title of both of these books, but is the dollar sign, whether it's seven, eight, nine figures, the real focal point? Because you use a term called head trash, just one element we'll talk about mm-hmm. um, that kind of holds people back. And we can talk specifically about that. But in that light, is the dollar sign in everything that you are teaching and coaching people really the main focus of what you're teaching and coaching people? Well, let me answer that. That's a great question because that comes up all the time, right? So people ask me, you know, like like similar to what you just said, you know, well, no, you know, you're a seven-figure life, seven-figure expert. So you're all about money, right? That's all you care about is money. Mm-hmm. And the answer is absolutely not. Of course not. However, here's what I want people to realize. Number one, I grew up poor in a rich neighborhood. 
So I grew up, uh, and I know that's a total cliche, <laughs> but it's totally true. Um, I grew up in a little town called Kennebunkport, Maine, which is one of the wealthiest communities in New England. But my family was dirt poor. And I mean that literally, because we lived at the bottom of a dirt road in a drafty, unfinished house that my parents ended up losing the foreclosure when I was just 15 years old. So from a very young age, I was painfully exposed to the gap, the chasm between the haves and the have-nots. The haves was everyone else in the community, the have Knots was my family, right? And so, you know, you hear speakers all the time, like motivational speakers or whatever, and they'll they'll say things like, well, we were poor, but we were happy. We didn't know we were poor. Well, I'll tell you what, in my family, we freaking knew we were poor <laughs> because mm -hmm. my mother, bless her heart, reminded us every day that we we're poor and miserable. So no one wasn't happy. It sucked. And so, you know, growing up, I hated being poor. I hated that life of poverty and lack and not enoughness and fear. That's what I grew up with. But I saw that right down the street, there's great wealth and abundance. So from the time I was a little kid, I was always asking the question, how the heck can I get from here to there? You know, because mm -hmm. I saw it. It was right there. But I didn't know how to get there, of course. Right. And, the, you know, of course, there was no Internet or anything back then. So I just did the only thing I could think of, which is I went to the library and I just read every book in the self-help section. I just read every single book that they had on self-help and success and, you know, how to make yourself better, how to improve your life. Right. And, you know, I really tried to make it work. I worked really, really hard, but for some reason, I couldn't get it to work. And so, you know, at the age of 25, I decided to commit suicide because I was so depressed. I'd been working really hard for, you know, years and years. And I had nothing to show for it. And I said, you know what? I don't even want to be here anymore. So I'm just going to end it all. Now, at the very last moment, my life was spared. I didn't know why at the time, but... um you know, I said, okay, I'm still here. I'm still alive. But why? Why am I here on this planet? So I didn't know how to answer that question. So guess what I did? I went back to the library. And this time I read every book in the spiritual section. I just went to the spiritual section. I'm like, you know, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And, and you know, questions like that, that, you know, of course, people have been asking for centuries, right? So anyway, that's when I realized five years after that experience in 1997, that's when I realized and had these epiphanies and realized really what was missing in the traditional success literature. And so that's one of the reasons that I developed this system. So the point is, is it all about the money? And here's why it isn't all about the money. So, um, you know, as a, as a business consultant, as a mental health coach, um, you know, I get to also speak at, at uh, you know, I do keynote presentations all around the country, around the world, virtually and live. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm doing my keynote presentations is play a little game with my audience. So I, I can do it right now, actually. And so what I'll say is to my audience members, I'll say, OK, I'll tell you what, we're going to play a little game right now. So I want you to imagine that I'm going to give you a million dollars. How's that sound? Everybody goes, well, great. Sounds great. Right. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Mm -hmm. So I say, OK. I'm going to give you a million dollars, but there's just one catch. And they say, well, what's the catch? I say, okay, I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you have no time whatsoever. You have no time to enjoy it, no time to be with family and friends. And, you know, you, you just have no time at all. And you're working all the time. And, you know, your time isn't, you don't even have any time for yourself. Sound yeah. good? Yeah. And they're like, well, not really. That doesn't sound that great. I say, okay, fine. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a million dollars. But in this case, you have to be sad, miserable, depressed, and angry all the time. Sound good? No, <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a million dollars, but you have to be all alone. You have no relationships, no family, no friends. And, you know, you can't ever, you know, be with anybody else. Sound good? No, none of that sounds any good, right? So that's how I show you. And that's really what it, my, my seven-figure formula is all about. It's about having those four elements that I just, you know, showed you through that experience, you know, that fun experience, which is time, energy, relationships, and money. And the point is that there's lots of miserable millionaires out there, you know, so that's what you don't want to be. I mean, what's the point if you have, you know, $10 million and you're miserable, who cares? Right. Yeah. So that's why my seven figure formula, it really helps you with, you know, and, and this is what we do in our coaching, whether it's one on one or group coaching, we help you with the time, the energy, the relationships and the money. And that's when you really have that freedom lifestyle. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Noah St. John, and uh, you're listening, guess what, to tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Noah St. John is my guest, and we're talking about the seven-figure expert, and we're going to find out more about how we can become that expert in our own financial lives in particular. But uh, you make a very good point, is what you were sharing just a moment ago. Um, 
there's a there's a and I don't know if I shared this story or this uh, this story or not with you, but it was uh, having to do with the two gentlemen who went to breakfast, lunch and dinner together. And one of them always had exactly the right amount to pay each time. And his guest uh, or his friend uh, asked at the end of the third meal, what the heck? How is this your po- how is this possible that you knew exactly how much and so forth? And there's this genie that grants wishes and grants the wish. Uh, the wish that the gentleman asked for was that I always have exactly what I need when I need it. And his bank account could be at zero. It wouldn't matter. Now, I've often thought, so what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Because, for example, using a, a, a biblical passage from the New Testament that, uh, you know, the birds, <laughs> they're up there and they're doing their thing. They don't work. They don't toil. You know, they don't uh, uh, work by the sweat of their brow or earn by the sweat of their brow. And yet, guess what? They're taken care of and they don't store up for two or three or four or five seasons. They don't manufacture stuff that it will last like Twinkies uh, for another century. Maybe who knows if they'll be any good by then. (laughs) They don't. The natural world doesn't do what human beings do. And we are part of the natural world in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I would ask the question uh, this. And again, this isn't, this is not as much asking if money is the focal point, which you've, you've thoroughly explained is not, but at the same time, um, isn't there, is the, is there a, a, a mindset that you are working your, do I say clients mm-hmm. through yeah. where they learn how to enjoy happiness and joy mm-hmm. and peace of mind, regardless of where the decimal point is in their bank account? Mm-hmm. Because you would probably agree with me here right now in this very moment that you and I are facing each other in Zoom, we literally have everything that we need. There is nothing that we need in this moment as you and I are conversing, right? That's true. So is that sort of, is that the kind of mindset that we are we are looking for regardless of what's in our bank account, what assets we have and so forth, and that we need to come to a place where it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, that's a great point, Richard. And and let me answer that by going back to something that you mentioned earlier, which is this topic that I've written 24 books on, Mm -hmm. which is called head trash. Okay. So for everybody listening to this program, every human being has goals, right? We humans are goal-oriented organisms. And what I mean by that is we are constantly always thinking about the things that we desire, that we want. Mm. And those things can be things that we want to have, you know, like I want a new car, I want a new house, um, I want a ham sandwich for lunch, right? You know, it could be anything like that. There can be things that I want to do, You know, like I want to uh, go to the Grand Canyon. I want to experience uh, fun vacations with my family. You know, so those are those are like doing goals. And then there's being goals. Right. So I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be in a loving relationship and things like that. See, so we have those three types of goals, the being, the doing and the having. So that is what we humans are. I don't know any way around that. I don't think that it is realistic for someone to say, well, I don't really want anything. Now, we might tell ourselves that, but I don't think that's really true for everybody that I've ever spoken to who is a human. And so what happens, though, and this is where the motivational speakers, this they don't talk about this at all. And, and this is one of the things that I was sharing a moment ago, you know, when I when I've you know, written all these books and done all this coaching for the last 25 years. I really teach something that they're missing. And that's one of the things that makes my coaching and my books and my programs different because they will say things like, well, just set your goals and go after it. Well, no kidding. I mean, duh, that's called get up. I mean, (laughs) no kidding. What? You didn't say anything, right? 
So one of the things that makes my, you know, coaching and teaching different is that I say, okay, let's talk about what you want. I mean, like whether you, uh, you know, whether I'm coaching someone one-on-one or, or group coaching, that's where we start. Right. So it's kind of like I'm the architect, right? And you want a new house. So what happens is you can go to the architect and say, okay, hey, you know, this is my dream home. And, you know, architect number one will say, well, yeah, well, we only build this kind of home, right? So you have to have this kind and it's got to be like this. And this is the only kind of house we build. And you're like, well, but that's not really what I wanted. Well, this yeah. is all we do. So, you know, do you want it or not? And you're like, well, that's kind of sucky because like, well, wait a minute. That's not what I wanted. So what I do that's different is I'll say, well, what kind of house do you want? Yeah. Because, you know, here's the other thing. I'm not going to live in that house. You are, right? Yeah. It's not my house. It's your house. But I will help you design. I mean, I've helped thousands and thousands of people, you know, get their dream house built if you catch my drip. Yes. So, but what happens is when we think about those goals, okay, so like I said, that's the first place we start with any of our clients. The very next thing that happens for 99% of humans is the very next thought they have is, I probably can't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So let's say, uh, in fact, I'll give you a perfect example. I was talking with one of my clients, his name's Charles, and I'll give you a perfect example. So I, I was asking him this question and I said, Charles, you know, we talked about his goals. And then I said, how much do you think your head trash is costing you right now? In other words, if we don't fix this problem, how much do you think this is going to cost you over the next 12 months? Without batting an eye, he said a million dollars. Noah, if I don't fix this, I'm easily going to lose a million dollars in the next 12 months. So I said, well, first of all, you know, that's very common. Uh, you know, every single day I talk to people who tell me that their head trash is costing them 10000 $50,000, a month. I mean, that's six, seven figures a year that they're losing out on, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. I don't care who you are, right? So that's point number one. And then I said, you know, I tell you what, just give me 10% of that million dollars and I will find you a million dollars in the next 12 months. Now, Charles had read my books. He'd gone through my, you know, my video training. He, you know, watched on my website, seen all the success stories that we have, you know, I mean, just hundreds of them. So he knew that, you know, I know what I'm doing and I've been doing this a long, long time and I have more case studies than anybody. So he said, okay, so he paid me a hundred thousand dollars. That's 10% of a million, right? So he paid me. In other words, cause I said to him, if you give me $1 and I give you $10 back, is that a good deal? He goes, well, yeah, that's a good, that's a good deal. I, so he did that. He paid me a hundred K which is 10% of a million. So I coached him one-on-one for the next 12 months. Now, as it turns out, I didn't find him a million dollars in that 12 months. Instead, I found him $1.8 million in just 10 months. So he gave me a dollar and I gave him $18 back. Is that a good deal? No, that's a great deal. (laughs) And then even better, he sent me an email recently and he said, guess where I am, Noah? I'm on a seven-week vacation with my wife. We just bought a new RV with all this money we've got. And he said, we are taking a seven-week vacation, just me and my wife in our new RV. We're driving around the Southeast. And he said, not only do I have more money than ever before, I also have more time than I've ever had in my life. So that's what can happen when you put you know, these strategies in place and you get rid of the head trash that's holding you back. You know, and 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 I I actually like that term head cr- head trash. It's a new term. Mm-hmm. I want to talk some more about this this subject as we continue. We're talking mm-hmm. with Dr. Noah St. John. We're talking about uh, your health, your wealth, your prosperity, your abundance, whatever terms you want to put in there. I hope you'll stay with us here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we, uh, you know, you 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 referenced something that I find rather interesting. Um, in a conversation that I had not long ago with uh, one of my guests, we were talking about greed. Uh, of course, the uh, the Michael uh, was it Michael Douglas um, in the movie right. I, Wall Street, I guess it was. Yep. Uh, made the reference, greed is good. That's right. Well, it's one of the seven deadly sins. And there's, of course, lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride. And then um, um, we got to talking about this. And uh, this particular guest said, actually, greed is inaccurate. It's not the right word. The correct word to use in the context of what Gordon Gecko said, I think that was his name. 
Yes. Had nothing to do with Geico. Um, Envy. Envy. Because in many instances with someone who is focused on acquiring more and more and more and more and more, they envy someone who has more than them. You know, the old saying about, you know, whoever dies with the most toys wins. Right. Same thing with money. Right. And there's also a side psychological problem they're dealing with hoarding. Now, most people wouldn't think of it that way, but think about it. They're hoarding. Okay. So their, their homes are not piled high to the ceiling with a little path to squeeze through of all of the stuff they've acquired. But all of this stuff, not only do they have to somehow keep track of, they also have to protect it somehow so that nobody else can take it. So now there's fear involved. I mean, and the list the list goes on in terms of, you know, they're lusting after money, uh, they're hoarding or they're being a glutton, the greed and envy that takes care of two of them right there. And then there's wrath if somebody else manages to get ahead of them. I mean, I'm thinking of one person in particular who's who's in the news, which you probably aren't aware of, which is fine, because you try to stay away from all of that head trash that other people try to put on you. Uh, we have a gentleman who supposedly um, supposedly is this great real estate mogul uh, of, of uh, the last uh, two or three decades, maybe four decades. And now it turns out he's screwed up so badly, he may lose that all. He may lose it all. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't know where sloth falls in and it doesn't matter, but the, <laughs> but the point I'm, I'm trying to get to, and I want you to expound on, and then we're going to dive into some of these other areas is, is this whole aspect that we get ourselves so wound up in. It sounds to me like what you just described, the head trash mm-hmm. is the core of the problem of the challenge that each of us faces. Uh, because I've used this analogy, you know, uh, Noah, I've I've got this toolbox that's been growing and I've been gathering all of these tools over the decades, 44 years I've been in this business. And I would think that after 44 years, I'd be in the money. I'd be doing great. I'd, I'd be raking in the dough because people would see what a great guy I am and what a, a, a proficient editor and this and that, you know, not not to get heady here. I I I'm a humble, humble servant of the divine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that there's someone better than me all the time and that I'm supposed to help the ones that are not as good as me to, I I want them to surpass me because I want to go on and do other things, but that's, that's me. But um, the head trash, Mm -hmm. we create it, but we also take it in from all of these other sources, social Mm -hmm. media, the news and blah, 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 blah. That's right. Um, and I mentioned to you as we started the program about, you know, uh, at, at the time of our conversation, there's this problem at the nation's capital. Then there's uh, there's the fuel prices and, mm-hmm. and, and then one thing after another. And it's like, I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> and you know what? And you're the better for that. And I wish and, I, and part of me goes. I wish I could turn all of that stuff off. <laughs> I really do. Well, guess what? It's possible. You, We all can turn it off. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to my point of head trash here and, and mm-hmm. why I actually selected that as a name, as a term for what's going on. And it's a great so, name. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, um, there, the, the, the actual psychological name is cognitive dissociative conditioning. So- I like head trash, head trash is a lot easier to say. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so so again, for, for the folks listening to the program, think about what you want. Okay. That's what I was talking about a moment ago, right? We all have things we want. We want to be, we want to do, we want to have. Okay. So that is totally correct. It's absolutely in fact, it's impossible not to have those things. I I don't see how you can be alive and human and not want those things. You know, and, 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 okay. and if I may just throw in, and it's okay. Right. Exactly. It's okay. It's perfectly normal. Yeah. So, okay. So we've got that. That's what you desire. Then the very next thought for most people is, but I can't do it because. Everything after the word because is your head trash. So what people say to me is, well, Noah, I want to grow my business, but I don't have the money. 
I want to spend more time with my family, but I don't have the time. I want to go on vacations, but I don't know where to start. I want to write a book, you know, like you've written 24 books. I want to write a book like you have, but I don't know where to start, you know, and it just goes on and on and on like that, right? So there's always a, a but, a but, a but, a but, right? And that's your head trash. And what I want people to realize is that that is the problem that's causing all your other problems. And I know that's a big statement, but it's so funny. One of my very earliest clients years ago, 20 years ago, he literally said to me, and by the way, this was after I'd helped him double his income and double his time off in literally 12 weeks. And he said to me, Noah, do you realize that your coaching is the only coaching that fixes every other coaching? Oh, and I wow. thought about that. And wow. I said, yeah, you're right. It does. And, and I was, I love that he said it. I didn't say it. He said it, you know, so now I can say it because he said it. But anyway, if you think about trash. All right. So let's just go back for a second. So think about, I would say, so, so uh, for everyone listening, imagine that you are in your home right now or your office and you know, where you live, your, you know, your, your house, a condo apartment, whatever. Okay. And just, I want you to imagine that for some reason this week, you decide you're not going to take out the trash, right? Usually we take out the trash once a week, there's trash day, you know, we take it out. You say, you know what? I don't feel like taking out the trash this week. I'm just going to let it, I'll let, I'll let it sit, I'll let it pile up. You're like, okay. And then another week goes by like, eh, I don't feel like taking out this week. And another week. And then a month goes by and six months and a year goes by. A couple of years go by and you haven't taken out the trash. What does your home smell like, look like, feel like right now? <laughs> As you can imagine, it's pretty gross. Just like those hoarders you were talking about a moment ago, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we watch those shows and go, oh my God, how can people live this way? Well, lots of people do. But here's what I want you to realize. Imagine the trash that's in your head. All right. Imagine the trash that's in your head that you haven't taken out for 5, 10, 20, 30 years. I bet we all know someone, maybe intimately, who hasn't taken out the trash in their head, who's still mm -hmm. carrying around, mm -hmm. you know, trash from 10, 20, 30 years ago or more. You know, here's another thing that I love to do in my keynote presentations. I mentioned you know, I'm a keynote speaker vir mm -hmm. live virtually. And so I, I I always enjoy doing this, you know, with my audience members. So I'll say to my audiences, I'll say, so how many of you have heard of the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Of course, every mm -hmm. hand goes up. We've all heard that, right? And so I say, okay, now that's interesting. Now, I'm just curious, how many people had sticks and stones thrown at you and had a bone broken when you were a kid? Of course, nobody raised their hand. Nobody ever had a sticks and stones thrown at them, right? I mean, maybe one out of a thousand, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I say, oh, that's interesting. How many of you have words that hurt you years ago? Every hand goes up, right? And that you're still carrying around to this day, 20, 30, 40 years later, every hand goes up. You see what I mean? So that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, that's a lie. You okay. know, that's somebody made that up to try to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. But that is a total lie. No, it is words that do hurt us. Yes. I can't tell you how many people I've coached, whether in one-on-one -on -one or group coaching, and they'll say to me, because they'll have some kind of belief, head trash, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do it, or I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not thin enough, whatever it might be, right? And I'll say to them, where did you, where did you get that? You know, like, where'd you hear that from? And invariably, they'll say, oh, you know, a teacher said this to me when I was in second grade. Or my parents said it to me, or, you know, my parents were divorced and one of them said this. And, and it, we're talking 30, 40, 50 years ago sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, holy cow, we are holding on to this trash as if our life depends on it. So these are very real things that happen to real people. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why when you start to get rid of your head trash, your life can change very quickly. I'll give you a quick example of that. Um, one of my clients is a business owner in Arizona, and she is a self-described uh, self seminar junkie. She'd been going to all these seminars for years and years, and she was doing well. She was making six figures, you know, so doing well, but she couldn't break through that income ceiling. She had that income ceiling, as I call it, mm -hmm. and she just, no matter what she did, no matter how many seminars, she just kept hitting that income ceiling. So she heard about me, a friend referred her to me. She joined a program that we have called the 12 week breakthrough, where we actually help people make more than 12 weeks. They didn't last 12 months while winning their lives back. And, you know, we were going through exactly what I'm talking about right now, you know, helping her take out her head trash. Do you know that she tripled her investment in two weeks? In the first two weeks of coaching with me, she tripled her investment. 
we hadn't even gotten to the money part yet. <laughs> and yeah. she already tripled. I mean, so these are this is what can happen when you get rid of your head trash. We're going to talk about how to get rid of head trash as well as other things here on Tell Me Your Story with our very special guest, Dr. Noah St. John. And we'll be back uh, to talk about those things as we continue. But I want to let you know that you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com, and we're podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We're also on YouTube. You can watch these videos. You get to know us a little bit more by seeing us interact and so forth. We hope that you'll join the conversation in that context or join the conversation by going to his website. We'll give that out in, again here in just a moment. We also ask that if you can support the work that we're doing here on the program, I'd like to achieve in 12 weeks what I normally earn in 12 months. Uh, and if you can help me do that, that'd be great. I'm not asking you for anything. I'm just asking for asking sake. If you'd like to be a part of the work that we're doing, we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And we ask that you take time during this, the decade of perfect vision, go within and listen to that still small voice. You know what? We're going to ask our guest, uh, Dr. Noah St. John, just exactly how important our intuition is as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Noah St. John is our very special returning guest. Very excited. Uh, you know, we, I don't know, maybe on both sides of the camera, we should be tossing uh, $100 bill stacks in the air, you know. Saying, that sounds hey, good. I did it. I did it. I did it. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I will tell you uh, very briefly uh -huh. that over the course of the last 44 years, as I have done, and this is aside from my uh, employment, okay, aside from my employment, I've done projects for people. So when I first started out being the novice that I was, uh, you know, I, we would chat about, okay, well, I'll tell you what, for this amount, I'll do the project, you know, it's a flat amount. And then I thought, well, after about five or seven years, I thought, you know, well, what's wrong with an hourly rate? So I started at 25, worked my way up to 50 to 75 and 100. I'm at 100 now. And a lot of times I forego that and say, I'll tell you what, I'll do your project for a flat rate. And um, I've also developed a lot of efficiency in my process of editing and production and so forth. So it doesn't take nearly as long as most people think. Uh, in any event, what I've noticed, the, the the key point is that when I first started doing this stuff, I would get, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, 10 and 20 and 30 dollars here and there. And it was usually in the 20 dollar range. And so we're talking 20 dollar bills. Yep. All right. Uh, then about 10 years after that phase started, it moved up to 50. Mm -hmm. And then it moved up to 100. I will tell you, and I am so grateful, I won't say who it is, who supported this program through what I mentioned earlier uh, with PayPal, mm -hmm. who actually contributed. And I have to tell you, it blew me away. I think I was almost in tears. $500. I'm going, are you kidding? Mm -hmm. I mean, thank you, but are you yeah. kidding? I was fantastic. I, mm -hmm. I, I was so blessed. And at the same mm -hmm. time, I have to say that the interview was was so much fun to do with this person. I don't know, mm -hmm. maybe that was what was the impetus. But nonetheless, mm -hmm. I noticed that those increments were were ratcheting up a little at a time. I haven't hit the mm -hmm. the $1,000 pop yet, but I, I see it coming. I really do. Uh, I feel it. And at the same time, regardless of where my bank account is, I was, for example, uh, at, at, at um, there's a park near the station called the Alice Keck Park memorial gardens her last name was park so it confuses a lot of people huh. and they have a duck pond there so i went over there this morning as of our conversation and i sat on the bench near the ducks near the the a little uh, pond and i just i just started to talking to i don't know if it was my father i was talking to who recently passed or my sister or my best friend or the ducks mm. you know the universe Right. Um, being grateful, but at the same time, you know, feeling a little 
I don't know. I, I guess I was feeling a little melancholy, a little put upon. Not so much the victim, you know, don't get me wrong. I I, I don't mm -hmm. believe in that anymore. I'm responsible, 100%. But still mm -hmm. feeling maybe, maybe it was more a little overwhelmed. There's just mm -hmm. so much going on. And it mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the news. It has to do with the stuff that's going on in my life. The, the mm -hmm. I have to tell you, made a big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, I left the park. I went and got some a little bit of breakfast. I went back to the station and I started diving in and like I normally would anyway. Uh -huh. But but it was like, you know what? I'm going to do this on a more regular basis. I'm going up to this park. If I can't get down to the beach, hmm. you find that a lot of people, they don't have a place. And again, I always talk about the place no one else can get to, which is, as I mentioned earlier, going within. Hmm. But they don't go to a place in the real in the material world like I found uh to sort of sort of kind of get away from all of that stuff mm -hmm. all of that external head trash right well it, it is it's absolutely crucial that's one of the things that i've been teaching for over 25 years is you do have to create time for introspection and and i'll give you a perfect perfect illustration of this um, since the show is called tell me a story uh, <laughs> i have a great story a perfect story for this so um uh, back in uh, November of 2020, the height of the pandemic, right? And so, you know, everybody was walking around with masks and it was all fear and everything shutting down and da, da, da. you know, it was not that long ago, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, I woke up the Saturday before Thanksgiving of 2020 and I had a vision. And the vision was we're supposed to move, my wife and I. Now, my wife and I were living in a, a very nice house, you know, in a nice neighborhood there was nothing wrong with the house. It was, you know, we had been living there for almost 10 years and nice house. The kids had, you know, just recently moved out. So it was just her and me. And I was like, this is nice. You know, it's really nice. And so I'm like, what is this? Why? What? You know, and I just, I heard, but it was like, it was so strong. I'm sure you've had these many times, probably everybody listening to the program has had, you know, a vision or a, just a knowing, right? A deep mm -hmm. inner knowing like that. But see, here's the thing. So many times, because it's not logical, we dismiss it and we go, oh, that's stupid. You know, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And we just dismiss it and we go along. And and I, I've learned in my, you know, years that I've been doing this, both coaching and, you know, for myself, when you don't listen to that instinct, I always regret it. You know, you always regret it when you don't listen. So I said, all right, well, I don't understand this, but I'm just going to go with it. So I got up, it was six in the morning and on the Saturday before Thanksgiving. And I said, all right. And so I just I turned on my computer and I just said, you know, I'll just look around, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, you know, since there's no real reason for us to move, maybe six months or a year from now, you know, I'll just whatever, start looking around. So I'm going click, 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 looking around. All of a sudden, I see this incredible home. It, it's a mansion. And I mean, it's a mansion on a hill and it is stunning. Just mm -hmm. the pictures of it. And you're like, oh, my God. I mean, and I just. I'm going, is this real? And I'm looking, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God. And I found out that it's 10 minutes down the road from where I'm sitting, you know, from the house I was living in. It's just mm -hmm. 10 minutes down the road. And I'm like, and they just dropped the price. And they're having a open house tomorrow, the Sunday before Thanksgiving of 2020. There's an wow. open house. Wow. And I went, what? So I go to my wife. I say, hey, honey, you want to go look at a house tomorrow? She's like, sure. We pull up to the house. She takes one look at the house. She looks at me and she says, I'm packing tonight. <laughs> 12 weeks later, 12 weeks to the day. This is true. 12 weeks to the day we moved into this house where I'm sitting. It's a 6,000 square foot mansion on a hill. It is the nicest house in the nicest neighborhood. And get this. I was able to pay off the mortgage 27 years early, you know, because of, of course, what I teach. Mm -hmm. And. I mean, every day we get to wake up, we have a koi pond in the back, we have beautiful trees, we have birds, deer, you know, uh, foxes, raccoons. I mean, just, it's incredible. And I mean, you know, I'm sure probably everybody listening has heard of doing vision boards, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you put a vision board, you put your dream house, your dream car, your dream, you know, partner, whatever. I swear to you that I could not have even dreamed of a house this nice let alone that I would be living here, let alone that I was able to pay off the mortgage 27 years early. I mean, I, I honestly, I couldn't even fathom that. 
This house has a built-in sauna. There's a jacuzzi. I mean, it's just, it's got things I would never even have thought of. And it's amazing. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story, what this means for, you know, the folks listening is number one, make sure that you listen to those instincts, right? Listen to those inner promptings, even when it doesn't make any logical sense, because it didn't, it didn't. I was like, I don't need to move. But oh my gosh, am I glad I listened to that inner knowing. You know, I actually think the moral of the story is we have to find out where you live so we can come visit you. <laughs> go on over. We got plenty of room. <laughs> I was going to say, you've got 6,000 square feet. Hey, man, we got, we got plenty of room. In uh, fact, it's so funny. I live 10 minutes from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which oh, is wow. in Canton, Ohio. Uh-huh. We live in North Canton. And so I always say to people, whether they ask, you know, where we live, I say one week out of the year, I live in the coolest city in America. Because yeah. <laughs> one week out of the year, that's when all the Hall of Famers are here and they're they're 10 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. So yes. it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, I, you know, I can, I can attest to a similar um, experience myself. Um, my, uh, I was working in Phoenix and this was in 2005 and the radio station I was working for was going to be bought. And this was a news talk station, mind you, uh, by the way, the Christian station had been bought by the same company that owned the news talk station. I st- let me back that up. The Christian station was owned by a different Christian consortium. The news talk station was owned by a company called James Crystal Radio out of Florida. And the consortium wanted to buy the the news talk station. They were uh, interviewed by the local newspaper, Arizona Republic Phoenix Gazette. So, uh, you know, Air America Phoenix has been very, very successful. Uh, You're going to be letting people go and so forth. No, 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 no. They, they, they broke even. They, uh, they broke even in nine months, unlike any of the other Air America stations. Uh, no, we're not going to do anything like that. As soon as I read that, I said, "You liars," because I'd worked around these people for fifteen years and I knew how they operated. Mm-hmm. And they will use the passage from the Bible: "Be, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers." And anybody associated with Air America Phoenix was an unbeliever. Well. We were given notice in January of 2006 that everybody was being let go at the end of February. They were flipping the formats and then turning the uh, news talk station religious and so on and so forth. Hey, you can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So there I am on March 1st, day after we were all let go, cleaning out my desk and, and so forth. My wife happened to work for Scottsdale Memorial, and I get a call at 2.30 in the afternoon, and she says, I just quit. And in my head, I said, do you know that I'm unemployed too? But I didn't say that out loud. I said, okay. Now, this has actually happened to her twice in her life where the words came out of her mouth before she could stop them. And um, so we're sitting there watching TV that evening. And she says, I'm scared. I'm really scared. I feel like we're on the edge of, uh, of a precipice. That was the word she used. But everything I had learned up to that point in my metaphysical years from age 17, uh, there are two things that you do when you find yourself on the edge of a cliff. And they are all both counterproductive and in the wrong order. But this is the order that they come in. You jump and you trust. And so we did. So we took a trip to Santa Barbara. Because Ireland, which we did want to move to, was going to be too expensive to travel for two weeks. Our resources would have been uh, depleted almost, you know, very, very quickly. So we came to Santa Barbara for a couple for about a week, uh, did some R and R and R reconnaissance and rest and relaxation. Came, went back to Phoenix, put the house up for sale, got everything packed up. The company that her father, my present wife, her father owned. When she was a girl growing up, had been sold to someone else, but it was under a new name, was the same company that came to move us. Go figure. We closed on the house. Now, remember, this was early March when all this happened. We closed on the house on the 8th of May that same year, and we got to Santa Barbara 2.30 in the morning on the 9th of May. Now, I have always wanted to live by the ocean, by the ocean. I needed to be by the water. I almost didn't care where, but I certainly did not expect to be here on what they call the American Riviera. But here I am. 17 years later, 
talking to you about this whole aspect of trusting our intuition, the promptings, the guidance. It seems to me like that would be a very important element that most people, as you, I think you said earlier, they just dismiss it. Oh no, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's it's tough. Fear is is the number one thing that holds most people back, but I also call it head trash. And so if you think about how much your head trash is going to cost you in the next 12 months, you know, that's really why I do what I do is helping people take out their head trash so that they can reach their goals literally 10 times faster and easier without having to do the hustle and grind that, you know, everybody's teaching out there. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that I'm very proud of is just the the hundreds and hundreds of case studies that we have. And that's how I want people to realize that what, you know, what we teach here is a system. It's a systematic approach to success. It's not about a personality, you know, because when it's personality driven success, that means, you know, well, maybe one person can do it, but what if you don't have their personality? Then yeah. it probably won't work, you know? So when you have a system that's, you know, fill in the blank and plug and play, uh, paint by numbers. That's what I'm very proud of is when I get an email, you know, like I got an email from one of my clients recently, Catherine in Pennsylvania. And she said, no. And when she joined me, by the way, when she joined my coaching program, she was in a very dark place. That's her words, not mine. Mm-hmm. She was in a very dark place. And she sent me an email in week five of our 12 week coaching program. And she said, I just raised $185,000 today in one day wow. because of what you taught me. And she said, now I finally believe in myself for the first time because you believed in me. And I was like, love that. It seems very happy. Oh, I can see. I can hear that in your voice. And and, and it seems to me, too, that this that that we feed ourselves and we we do it consciously and at the same time, unconsciously. uh, We feed ourselves this head trash because we tune into the news, because we tap into Mm -hmm. social media, because because because. Uh, and I think maybe one of the other detriments uh, to to achieving uh, what we want, if it is indeed a seven figure income, a seven figure life and becoming a seven figure expert uh, is that uh, is the victim mentality. Somebody did this to me. Somebody did. that, And and I have to say that I went through that phase in the in the 80s. I mm-hmm. went through the victimhood phase and I was going through personal growth programs. Then we get that's to right. the 90s and now we're into codependency. We're talking about what that's all about. Yep. And then we shifted, we shifted into interdependency. Yep. And then in 20, 2015, the political campaign, I labeled that whole campaign for president that year for the 2016 election, the victimhood campaign. <laughs> Because it was everybody else's fault that we were where we are. So we have to penalize them when, in fact, we were penalizing us. Um, And again, not to get into politics, but I never did understand this. We're going to raise the tariffs on this country's imports and and they'll have to pay those. No, they won't. You are penalizing us, the consumer, because we are going to have to pay those tariffs through the higher prices of those goods that that you're putting tariffs on it's like people you know anyway uh but the victimhood thing is is obviously to me it's it's a crucial maybe a core piece of head trash of the maybe the biggest not even superseding fear but then again isn't victimhood driven by fear well victimhood is a great way to not take responsibility mm-hmm and when you don't take responsibility you don't have the ability to respond and so but what it does is it absolves you of of blame it absolves you of responsibility so when you are there there is no successful person who's a victim i -hmm. i think we've all gone through those phases but if unless you go to the other side of it meaning okay i'm not a victim Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because i i remember those days too what you're talking about um but if I would have stayed there, I'm very certain I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. So yeah. it's something to go through, but we want to go through it as quickly as possible. A minister friend of mine said to me, I mean, he didn't say it to me, he said it to the congregation many years right. ago. He said, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, don't pitch <laughs> your tent. 
<laughs> I like that. It's very that. good. That's a good. Don't one. pitch your tent <laughs> when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death. Right. Uh, fascinating. I, I, one of the things that I, I refer to uh, the ancient wisdom teachings, and of course, certainly um, as I've referred to as you, uh, the Bible, and and there are many other great ancient wisdom teachings that are out there that basically speak to the same these same concepts that you're talking about. So these are ageless. Timeless mm-hmm. concepts. This is nothing yep. new. It's now packaged, if I may say, or um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, branded mm-hmm. uh, with Dr. Noah St. John. And that's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I mean, my gosh, what's going to happen is uh, are, are the writers of the of the ancient wisdom teachings going to come back and sue us <laughs> like in the record industry because uh, we've been plagiarizing and and stealing their work? No, I think that they're out there somewhere rejoicing that we're using it. Finally, we're starting to put it into practice. Right. I would agree. Yeah. And I'm sure that. Down the road, though I know you have copyrights on on the work that you do, I do understand. And again, I understand it, and there's nothing wrong with that. But somewhere down the road, someone is going to duplicate, in a manner of speaking, but hopefully in their own image, shall we say, the same kind of work to help people. And I, I genuinely hope that's the case, to help people to find their life's purpose to find a focal point that they can they can anchor to, so to speak, uh, but also that they can evolve and and transform from. Do you consider the work that you do transformative as well? Transformation means to go from one state to another. So there is no question that what I've been doing for the last 25 plus years is transformational, both to myself and to my clients. So yeah, I do call it transformational mm-hmm. because it does change people's lives. Yes. And how about adding this this phrase to that? This has been my philosophy uh, probably from the very beginning of my career. I am not interested in becoming successful. I want to make you successful. In turn, that makes me successful. Is that an attitude or a perspective that is not out there? Um, Texas. 10 years ago, there was a news story. Small businesses, entrepreneurs. I did this. I did this all by myself. And I just sat there watching the news going, no, you didn't. Mm. No, you. there are thousands of people I'm responsible to for why I'm here talking to you here today. Mm-hmm. Thousands. Yep. Well, well, I mean, the point is... Um, we there's an old saying which is we don't get in life what we deserve we get what we negotiate and i do believe that's true um Mm -hmm. and so you know when i started out i didn't have any success stories or case studies so i didn't feel like i could charge a lot of money now that i have thousands of case studies i charge a lot of money because Mm -hmm. i felt people make over three billion dollars collectively so that has a tremendous value you know to the people that see the value in it that's why like charles paid me a hundred grand I made him 1.8 million. You're welcome. So yeah, yeah, it's worth it. And and there's another another part of the head trash too that that uh, especially in this country in terms of taxation. Well, what your example is the prime example. Uh, I just earned 1.8 million, and the government wants a hundred thousand. <laughs> and right is is there a problem there? <laughs> well, I don't want to give away the hundred thousand. But you'll still have $1.7 million. <laughs> Where's the problem? I, I just don't understand that. What what were you going to use the hundred thousand for? I mean, obviously there you 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 must have anchored that hundred thousand in something that's giving you these conniptions that that uh <laughs> you know, that's giving you hives because you don't want to give the government, you know, their their part. I don't want to say their fair share, but their part. I, you know, and it's like. And even if the government took 50%, you still have the other half. Yeah, yeah, you worked hard for it. I get, I, you know, it's like, and you probably feel the same way. You get all those arguments from people, right? You get those kinds of things. And it's Not like, but that's part of the system we live in, ladies and gentlemen, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get that too much. Oh, so, that's good. I don't. 
And I would venture because they they don't see it that way because of the coaching that you give them, right? Yeah. 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 I, I don't hear that very much. So when, uh, and as you say, you don't hear that that much, uh, is there a particular mindset or is there something that you can point to for those listening who might mm-hmm. kind of be in that place? Mm-hmm. And again, I can understand it. I can appreciate it. But is it serving is it serving the individual who's got it? Is there something that you can say to them that might, I don't know, flip the switch and say, oh, yeah, yes, I guess there it doesn't is. really matter. What's yes. that? Many years ago, the great American Ben Franklin said that there are only two guarantees in life, death and taxes. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect to old Ben, I would argue there's actually a third guarantee. And that is that if you keep doing the same thing that you're doing right now, I guarantee you'll keep getting the same results you're getting right now. Mm-hmm. So if you want different results, you have to do something different. Everything you desire is on the other side of fear. So yeah. if you're feeling that fear, that's the very thing you need to do. Yeah. We're talking with Dr. Noah St. James and uh, we or are, John. let me try that one again. <laughs> Noah St. John. Hello. Wake up over here. Sevenfigureexpertbook.com is where you can get a free copy of said book. Uh, the seven figure expert. And of course the uh, companion book of course is the seven figure life. We hope that you will go to his website as well. We will be linked to the seven figure expert dot com, uh, seven figure expert book com will be linked there so that you folks can get a copy we certainly hope that you will uh, look up uh, uh, dr noah saint john and uh, we'll continue talking with him in just a moment here on tell me your story i'm richard dugan and um, dr uh, noah saint john uh, that's a phd uh, uh, yep. correct yes and in what in what field i have a phd in pastoral counseling psychology now that's an interesting, uh, interesting. Topic. I know for for uh, quite a while I thought I might be a minister, a pastor somewhere, um, but God had other plans for me. So instead, I wrote about twenty four books, and I've got yeah. a few more books coming out next year. So decided to go this direction, and I'm I'm happy with that. I, I guess what perplexes me is the the as- aspect of the pastoral part mixed mm-hmm. with the psychological part. Yep. You know. Yep. And uh, I have I have always been perplexed, especially those first 15 years of my career uh, at that re- re- Christian radio station with with mm-hmm. many of the uh, philosophies that would come out. And and uh, of course, the, the the continuing story of the end of the world and Armageddon, all this stuff. And I just wanted to help it along. It's like I'm bored with this story. You know, it's like reading the same book over and over again, rap, you know, over over the course of a month, you read the same book three or four or five or six, seven, eight. Eventually, it's like I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. Is there a way I can? Is there a way I can facilitate bringing bringing about the end so that we can move on to a new story? <laughs> I just, I was like, this, this, this is not exciting. You know, mm-hmm. you're, 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 you know, you've been telling the same story for two thousand years. It's time to move on, um, and we need to move on as well. I want to ask you those three questions that I asked you the last time you were on the program. Mm-hmm. The answers do tend to change from time to time, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. But before I do, I want to remind you, uh, thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And again, we're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. And we're here on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for this special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. And we uh, also uh, are podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, a whole bunch of other locations, too numerous to mention. We're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope you'll select notification. As I've said before, I'm not really that interested in the numbers. It's kind of fun to watch them rise. Like we're almost at 100,000 listens since January 1st of 2018. And, you know, I don't know what that means, but I'm just grateful that folks are listening. They're listening to the programs. They're listening to what our guests have to say. And uh, also, if you'd like to support the work we're doing, we have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And we are very grateful to those who have supported us in the past. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to those who will in the future. Another thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so appreciative. It helps to defray the costs of, uh, well, web hosting and podcast uh, uh, and so forth and so on. So um, in any event, we also ask that you spend time going within and listening to that still small voice during this, the decade 
of perfect vision. Um, I can tell you, and I know that uh, uh, Noah can tell you as well from firsthand experience from both of us, will never lead you astray. It will never put you in harm's way. It may challenge you. It's challenged me on a couple of very key situations. And thank goodness I listened and followed the prompting. Because when I look back, hindsight being what it is, 2020, uh, man, it would have been a whole a whole bigger mess if I had not listened and followed those promptings. So that's just my suggestion to you. And with that, we go to our final three questions here on Tell Me Your Story for our guest. And the first of those three questions, uh, taking away the, uh, the the beautiful title that you have, I like it, I really do, because uh, I'm also Dr. D, uh, your audio physician. Thank you very much. Who is Noah St. John? I am a mental health coach, a business coach, executive coach. I am someone who helps people make a lot of money and win their lives back very, very quickly because of what I do and why it's so different. Um, and more importantly, I'm a husband, I'm a stepfather, and I'm a, a guy who likes to enjoy life. Um, my favorite flex is to turn off my computer and spend time with my beautiful wife here at home and just enjoy our resort, as we call it, <laughs> that we get to live in and, you know, watch our fish in the koi pond and our birds in the backyard and deer. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who just uh, wants to help people become the best versions of themselves. What is your life's purpose? To... Um, raise the consciousness of humanity one question at a time. And finally, what was your best day? <laughs> that's an easy one. Uh, that's when I married my wife. That was April 30th, 2011. And uh, I was the happiest bridegroom you ever saw. When I saw her walking down the aisle, I'm like, oh my God, she is freaking gorgeous and she's all mine and uh and you're yeah, all hers very very happy and you're all hers yes, well indeed. dr saint john thank you again for joining us here on the program and uh we'll have you back again I, I honestly do believe that repetition although we won't be that repetitive but still talking about this subject in particular i think is very important and people that really need to hear uh, what you have to say even more thank you all right. Well, thank you again. And thank you again for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. Until our next broadcast podcast, uh, uh, what is it? Videocast. That's right. Our broadcast podcast videocast. Love to lol. Jeanette, I'm listening. Dad, continue to be happy. And Smokey, I'll see you on the other side.